We are dedicating tonight's shir the Eloi Nishmas Yair Adler's grandmother Chana Bas Menachem Neshama Shavu Aliyah from the Zuchos Varluri. We are tonight. Okay, Neshama Shavu Aliyah from the Zuchos of our learning. Um, okay, this week two shilas to uh, to discuss. Um, one, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about tonight, and then my my son started uh, WhatsApp voice messaging me. Uh, a lot, and he uh, from Israel, and he started uh, telling me that um, one of his friends in yeshiva in Shalavim came over to him and said, "We're going to Reb Chaim Kanievsky tonight," and he got very excited and nervous. So he was on his way to Reb Chaim Kanievsky, and uh, he kept saying, "Oh my God, I'm so afraid! I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm so scared! I'm so scared!" It's a good, a good, nice, uh, you know. Pachad of Chachamim, so uh, Mora, let's call it Mora, of uh, Yeris Haromus, whatever you want to call it. And uh, and right before he walked in to Reb Chaim, he said, wait a second, Abba, do I, do I say a bracha on Reb Chaim? That's a good shayla. Do you say a bracha on Reb Chaim? So that is shayla number one. Do you say a bracha on Reb Chaim Kanievsky if you go see Reb Chaim Kanievsky? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, love davka Reb Chaim, but... Maybe Dafka Rebchai, right? We'll have to discuss. I mean, if we, if you choose to discuss that. Uh, by the way, if you do choose that, I still reserve the right to use that as a Tabernan Allah topic, because it's a good Tabernan Allah topic. Um, the, the other Shaila that came up, and I was very happy to see if Zilberstein has it in his monthly pamphlet this month, because I've been asked this Shaila before, is uh, let's say a community takes up a tzedakah collection for somebody, because you know that the person is Nabuch, he's Nani, he's having a difficult time making ends meet, and uh, then they notice that the guy's kids are walking around wearing uh, fancy shoes, fancy suits, something, you know, the, the kids have an expensive toy or something. And uh, they, they ask the person, you know, oh, that's such a lovely toy. Where did you, where'd you get it? Oh, we got it at a very expensive store. It's a very expensive toy. It's a of a toy. So should you, but you know that their mom is poor. So should you not contribute to, uh, you know, what should your attitude be? Should you call them out on it? Should you stop contributing to them? Should you maybe only give them food because they obviously don't know how to spend their money? You know, should it, like, how, do, how does one deal with, uh, with that kind of, of situation? The shadow isn't that they're lying. I mean, the fact that they're no, no, you know that they're poor. You know oh, that you they're know. poor. And yeah. they're just using the money incorrectly. In, in your judgment, right. incorrectly, yeah. Isn't there a thing that you're supposed to give them, give people who are used to rich stuff? Yeah, yeah, there is such a thing. So, okay, do, is that where we want to go? We want to go with that Shiloh and that Rav Chaim Yeah. <laughs> Any, uh, yeah? I like that, I like that Rav Chaim. Chaim, yeah. Oh, we like the Rav Chaim one. Okay. Rav Chaim one wins? Do we want to take a vote? Or? Yeah. All those in favor of the Rav Chaim Shiloh, raise your hand. All those in favor of the second Shiloh, raise your hand. And everyone else doesn't care. Okay, so we'll start with the Rav Chaim Shiloh. Okay. Again, like we said, love Dafka Rav Chaim Shaila, but the, the, uh, that's the, the background, that's what got me thinking about it tonight. I didn't have much time to work on the sugya, but uh, I spent a little bit of uh, time earlier this evening working on it. The Gemara tells us in Mesech's Brachas, and Dav Nunches Amir Aleph, Tan Rabbanon, Haroeh Chachme Yisrael, someone who sees Chachme Yisrael, Omer, Baruch Shechalak Mechachmasa Lireyev. Oh, Baruch. It doesn't say Baruchata Hashem al Kinamel Cholam. So that's not a kasha at all. Tosus at the beginning of the parak, a few dapim earlier, says that all of the brachas in this entire parak 
are b'shemu malchus, but the Gemara is not going to say it all the time b'shemu malchus. But obviously, it means baruch atashem alkenem elchalam. So a person sees a chacham mechachme Yisrael should say such a bracha baruch shechalak mechachmasi lebeir. Chachme yumos haolam. If a person sees chachme yumos haolam, omer baruch shenasan mechachmaso lebasar v'dam. A person says a bracha shenasan mechachmaso lebasar v'dam. Then it goes on to say haroa malchay Yisrael omer baruch shechalak mikvod alireiv. Malchei umos haolam, Omer baruch shenasan mikvod alibasar v'dam. So two differences between umos haolam and uh, between between Yisrael and umos haolam. Number one, by Yisrael it's shechalak, by umos haolam it's shenasan, and number two, by Yisrael it's lireav, by umos haolam it's libasar v'dam. Right? Those are the two differences. Now it should be noted that not all Rishonim agree that to those two differences. In fact. The Rambam in the tenth paragraph of Hilchus Brachas, Allah Yiralif, says, Shenasan Mechach Masal Lebasavadam on non Jews and Shenasan Mechach Masal on Jews. So it's both Nasan, the Rambam has Nasan for both. The Me'iri, on the other hand, has Shechalak Mechach Masal and Shechalak Mechach Masal Lebasavadam. So he has Shechalak for both. And just keeps the the the, the variation of Yireyav and 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 Basar yeah, So yeah, different girsos in the Gemara, it seems. Now in uh, in, in Shulchan Aruch we keep our girsos in the Gemara, but it's just important to note that there are different girsos in the Gemara, and therefore different uschaos of this bracha according to the Rambam and according to the Meiri. Now there is a discussion. Notice how the Gemara said that someone who sees. Chachme Yisrael. Translate that. Chachme Yisrael. You translate the whole phrase. What? It's plural. Right. It doesn't say Chachme Yisrael. It says Chachme Yisrael. And what's the Nusach of the Bracha? Shechalakme Chachmaso Lireyav. Plural. Right? So there is a safer called Olas Tamid. Where the Olas Tamid says, yeah, it's only when you see. A, uh, a multiplicity of Tamid Chacham. Not, not when you see one, you have to see more than one in order to say the bracha. Chachme Yisraelireyav. And he suggests even that maybe the reason they were masaking it that way was because it's sometimes hard to tell if someone meets the criteria. You might have thought this guy was a genius, and it turns out this guy was a great Tamil Chacham. Turns out he wasn't such a great Tamil Chacham. When you have two of them, it uh, you know, sort of hedges your bet a little bit. Sort of like uh, chances are at least one of them is uh, legit. And that way you can. Uh, you can say the bracha. So, like, if you see, you know, you go to you go to visit Reb Chaim when Reb Zilberstein happens to be there. Uh, okay, so you got them both. So then you can you can say Mustama one of them is, uh, is 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 the real deal. That's the uh, that's the suggestion of the Olas Tamid. Most Achronim and, and Rishonim do not make this chilek, and we work with the assumption that it applies even when you see just a single Chacham. There's a Sefer, Birei Chesavram, that says that uh, first he thought it has to be on two, but then he said, no, Chachme uh, Yisrael means I'll call Chacham v'Chacham. Lireyav is, you're saying that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Chalakme so to all of those who are, who are Yireyav, and I'm being, it's a Birei Shevach it's not on this guy, it's a Birei Shevach When you experience that Chalak uh, Mechachma, you know, that, that the, the one person who is the, the, the recipient of a, of, of, of a very large share of that Chachma, you bless Hashem for being Chalak Mechachma, so in general, to all of Yireyav. So it's not about that one person necessarily. Yeah? Um, but it's, it's saying Chachma Yisrael, and in distinction to Chachma Yisrael, 
Oh, good, good. We'll get there too. Um, should we get there now? The, the there there is a discussion whether it's uh, whether it's only for Torah or even for uh, yeah we'll get there let, let's get there in the logical place to get there so one second um, also it's interesting specifically Reiv the Marsha points out based on the mission in the third paragraph of Pirkei Avos Kol sheyiras cheto kodemus lechachmaso chachmaso miskayemes meaning if it's not a yirei shemayim it could be a genius but we wouldn't have the confidence to say a bracha it's because that chachma is not going to be genuine chachma it's not going to last. The only way the Chachma is going to last is if it's Yeros Cheto Kodem L'Chachmaso. So that's why it's Dafka Gada Bilirayav. That's why we emphasize Dafka Lirayav. Now, why the different texts for a Jew and for a non-Jew? Why Shechalak versus Shenasan? So there are five different interpretations by the Gedolei Ha'achronim. The Beis Yosef first quotes one possibility. Beis Yosef writes, I have the Maramakum here somewhere. Beis Yosef writes, Kos um, of Smak, here it is. Our neshamos come from a chelik of Hashem. They are they are chiseled out from under the kisei akavod, and therefore it's shechalak. That we are a chelak elokami ma'al, whereas the umosolam are not. It's rather like Hashem gives a gift to them that He gives them their life. Their nefesh is just a gift from Hashem, but it's not a piece of Him. That is how He writes. And then He says, he says the second possibility is that a chelik means is like a uh, is like a pipeline that a kodesh baruch Hu has the ability to expand or to or, 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 or to contract. And, and, and therefore, when a Kodesh Baruch Hu gives us Chachma, based on our Zuchuyos, he, uh, he can allow the floodgates of Chachma to open up, and it will be much greater. But when a Kodesh Baruch Hu gives to the Yom it's finite. Nasan, he just gives like a Matana. You gave the Matana, it is what it is. It's not getting bigger, it's not getting smaller, it's just the Matana. Those are the two possibilities. They sound very similar, but they're not exactly the same. The difference between them is, one is, Shechalak is about us. It's that we are our are, chalak, are because we come from a Kodesh Baruch. The other is, it's on the Chachma, that the Chachma is chalak, and that Chachma can come in much, in much greater measure. That's the, difference, that's the difference between two explanations of Chalak and Asan. Taz has a third explanation. He says that we are still connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shechalak implies an ongoing connection with Rebbe Shalom. Taz writes that Hadik Tani Yisrael Shechalak Mimusalam Shenasad Reisi Terutzim Rabim He says, I've seen a lot of interpretations. V'nirali Iker Debi Yisrael Yesh Tam L'fishem Dveikim Bo Yisparach We're still attached to him. V'kol Sha'at Omer Chalak Tzorach Atoladas Mimi Nechlak 
Whenever you say something is cut off, you know, there's a slice cut off from the pie. It means that there is a pie. The slice doesn't cut off from the pie unless there's a pie. You always have to attach it back to what it was nechlat from. But Nasan, a person could have something that was given to him. It could have gotten from Afkar, it could have gotten from that. You don't always attach it back to, to, to that which it was, it was given from. So it's a reflection of our ongoing connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's how the Taz understands the Lashon and the Bracha. The Levush says that um, it's, a, it's a reflection of the godless of Torah. That, you know, the Shar Chachmos Shenasan, Hashem could give it to you in full. You could have uh, the full Chachma of Shar Chachmos. But no matter how much you accomplish in Torah, it's always only a Chedek. You're never fully there. You always only have a piece of the Torah. You never, that's how the little Vashon says. You never have a, a, a full, there's always a lot more to accomplish in, in learning, right? That's what's, what's Reb Chaim doing anymore? He, he knows it all already. Like, stop already, okay? Like, why, why is he continuing to learn? Not just because I, he wouldn't know what else to do. Was he going to take up golf? Like, you know? No, it's, it's not just because that, because there's actually more to accomplish. You know, it's like uh, Rabbi Rudinsky told the story, I think I've mentioned this recently, uh, Rabbi Yashiv, when Rav Yashiv had surgery when he was 101 years old. He had, he had a surgery. And uh, it was like all over everyone davening for the God of Dar, Maran, Rav Yashiv, everyone should daven for Maran, Maran. So everyone was davening for Rav Yashiv. And then uh, on the Yeshiva World News, it, 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 the, the news came across, Baruch Hashem, Maran's surgery went well. He's in his hospital bed learning again. And like, learning again, like, Relax a little bit, you know. Like he needs to be. He just had surgery. He's 101 years old. You know, like the way Rabbi Rudinsky said it was great. He said, like, let him, give him, let him say, like, you know, give me a Ted. You know, let me look at some pictures of myself shaking lulav or something. You know, like, <laughs> what, is, what does he need? What does he need to be? But but every moment there's always what's a growing Torah. Says the Levush shechalak because it's always only a chelak. The Marsha and the Bach suggest that it's Shechalak because it's actually a piece of Hashem. That Hashem portioned off a piece of himself. Okay. Nafkamina. What if you have a Jew who's brilliant, but in Shachachmas? Albert Einstein. Right? So, or, 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 it could be Yerushalayim also, but he's brilliant in Shachachmas. Um, uh, what's his name? Professor... Um, why am I drawing a blank? Alman, Professor Alman, right? Nobel Prize winner. So he's he's brilliant. He's a Nobel Prize winner in economics, right? A brilliant, brilliant uh, mind. But his is and, and he's Tamil Chacham too, from what I understand, right? But his his great, brilliant accomplishment is uh, you wouldn't make Shachalak Mechachmaso on him for being a Tamil Chacham. You'd make, you, but so do you say Shenasan Shachalak Lireyav, right? The boss of Adan. So if it's about a Jew being a piece of a Kodesh Baruch Hu or something like that, it's about the Gavra, and that's why it's Shechalak, so then you would say Shechalak as long as it's a Jew. But if it's about the Chachma itself, then you wouldn't say Shechalak. Rabbi Nasha Klein, predictably, in, in, in Mishnah Lachas, in Chelek Tezvav, he, he thinks it's unimaginable that you would say a bracha on a Jew who has Shar Chachmas. 
He says, Adarabe, he's lucky we're not cursing him for giving up all that time that he could have spent learning, learning Torah instead doing, uh, you know, Hevel and Shtos or whatever. So, like, this is one of those uh, cases where Hashkafa might affect, you know, the way you, you, you pass in Halacha. It may or may not affect. It's like uh, Rabbi Teller, Rabbi Chanach Teller was just telling me the other day that um, he was asking me about, like, uh, I somehow came up in the daf, I mentioned something about paying taxes in Israel, the Ran and the Dharam, and how we don't pass them like that Ran, and that anyway, the taxes. And he was saying that, 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 that he, he thinks that he heard from, I think, uh, you know, from certain Haredi Gedolim that, uh, that, that if the, that tax money goes to support a gay pride parade in Jerusalem or, uh, you know, or an education that's anti-Dati or whatever, so how, so, so how can you contribute to such things? And uh, therefore you should be a tzaddik and uh, not pay tax. I said, I think this is one of those areas where your hashkafa might affect your psakalacha. It's one of, those, uh, one of those areas. There are certain areas where hashkafa might affect the psakalacha. Not, not in the sense that a person is biased, Shachter always told us that you're not allowed to believe that true Chachmei Masora are biased by their Pesach. If Rav, so he said when, 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 when they had the Shemitah Esrogim and Rav Salvechik Paskin, that you can buy the Esrogim from Eretz Yisrael and uh, the Satmar Rebbe Paskin, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to believe that it was because Rav Salvechik was a Zionist and the Satmar Rebbe was an anti-Zionist. It was because that was their honest to goodness Pesach. So I'm not talking about that. If you trust Chachmei Yisrael and you're supposed to trust Chachmei Yisrael, we don't believe that it's a personal bias, not a personal bias, but that it, 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 if you view this as an Avera, so then it's not meaning if you view this act as an Avera, you don't make a bracha to praise someone, a bircha shabach, for someone who did an Avera. But if you view it as becoming this great, well-rounded personality who has achieved great things to help humanity, so much so that all of humanity has decided to give him a Nobel Prize for his contributions to world knowledge, you know, you, and, and that's a great Kiddush Hashem, if that's the way you view it, then you're more likely to say that's worthy of a of a bracha. So it's one of those areas where hashkafa might affect might affect the halacha. Um, can there be a distinction for uh, like Abu Nasser, example, you said, um, versus like the other person who mentioned? Because the one is from and one is was not. So liraev, it's not one of them. Hard to say liraev on someone who's not a religious Jew. So right? meaning. Unless you say no, he's chalak mechachmas liraev in general. I'm not saying this guy's liraev, but yeah, hard to imagine. I think the, the we would not say it on uh, regardless of hashkafa. Even if we do believe in secular education and everything else, which I think we do, it's sort of what we do here. But um, but I think we still wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't say it. Um, do we still say it nowadays? This is the key, right? This is the, what the whole question really is. Do we still say it nowadays? So Shulcharach quotes it. It's quoted in the Gemara. It's quoted in the Shulcharach. None of the Rishonim say not to say it nowadays. So it's you know that's a pretty good reason to yes say it nowadays. Chay Adam proves that we say it nowadays because the, there is another halacha Nun Chesam Bezim Sachs where the Gemara tells us that there are certain Amoraim that were so great that they were the equivalent of Shishim Riba. That they, they personally were the equivalent of uh, Shishim Ribo Yisrael, where you would say Chacham Arazim on them. Where, where is this going? Nun Brachas. Where you say Chacham Arazim on them. So the Torah says, nowadays we don't have anyone like that. But then when he quotes this halacha, Chacham Yisrael, he just quotes halacha. And he doesn't say that there's no longer such a thing. Right? So it would sound from that 
that, that seems like a pretty strong proof. Chai Adam says, even though for certain halachos, we no longer have a din of a Talmud Chacham, but for this halacha, it seems that we do have a din of a Talmud Chacham. What? Yeah, it's fascinating. Like, uh, but like, like, standing up for a certain amount of time. Like, I, 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 standing up, we still do have a din of a Talmud Chacham. What do you mean? I that to a certain standard of your goal. I don't know. The, the reasons to say not to do it, the Ramon Yardeh in Reish Mem Gimel, in both Siv Beis and Siv Zayin, says that there's no such thing as a Din Tamil Chacham. Nowadays, he says in the context as far as if you're Mavayishim, giving a Litra Zahav, that that doesn't apply anymore. The Ramah is saying it in the context of saying the cases where we still do treat people like Tamil as far as being exemptions from taxes, uh, that you, you may have to pay more for embarrassing them because they're a Tamil Chacham and a Kalafiyah, things like that. And the Pisgah Chuvah disagrees with Ramah. He says, of course, we still have a dinner with Tamil Chacham. But that Ramah, where he says that, that, that at least for certain dinim, we don't have a dinner with Tamil Chacham nowadays, so one might say, okay, for Bracha, seven Brachas Lahakel, so uh, at least it's a suffix whether we still have a dinner with Tamil Chacham. Uh, the Chuva Me'ava, you know, the Chuva Me'ava was it? Talmud Nodibyuda. It was like the leading Talmud Nodibyuda. The Chuva Me'ava um, uh, struggles with this issue. And he first thinks that it depends on a Tosus and Shabbos Kofiyadalid, where Tosus struggles with the definition of a Talmud Chacham, whether it's anybody who can respond to Dvar Alacha Bekal Makom or to Dvar Chachma Bekal Makom, which is a higher level. So apparently the higher level is Dvar Chachma, because Dvar Chachma means not just that you know, Dvar Chachma means that you know, you know all the, uh, all the facts, you know, you, you, you know the girsa, you know uh, everything that it says. Dvar Chachma means that you, that you can say a deep svara, Pekal Makom, like on the spot, you can lumdesize any sugya on the spot. You know, that's a different madrega than being able to just spit back the sugya. But you could say alumdus in the sugya, you could say as far, like you're holding deeply enough in the sugya that it's not just that you remember what the, you know, what it says, but that you can, like you're there. You ever meet Talmud Chacham like that, where you just, you know, you just learned it, and yet they still know it better than you, right? That's like, uh, that's a madrega, you know? I, I always have that with Rav Shachter. Like, I, I'm amish, like, uh, Learned the sugya. I went over it. I went over it, and then he'll say, "But isn't it?" Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I didn't understand a word. I, I understood absolutely nothing beforehand. So there are tell me to chum like that. Um, so he says it may depend. M- maybe we don't have such a thing nowadays. He says someone who meets that same bekal makom that he could do that in negayim and in allos and in whatever in every uh, you know in in, in, in kol makom mamish. Um, I think Rabbi Danny Wolf told me that uh, the thing that most impressed him about Rav Aaron Lichtenstein when he met Rav Aaron Lichtenstein was he said that uh, he was learning in the Kol NYU and his chavrusa was Rav Chaim Ilsen. So Rabbi Daniel Wolf and Rav Chaim Ilsen, these are two... Uh, do you know who these people are? You guys know who these people are? These are two super-duper geniuses, like uh, above and beyond, you know, super-duper geniuses. So they were learning Taros together. Um, Rav Chaim Milson was very into Taros and he found a younger genius to uh, mentor so he uh, asked uh, Rabbi Wolf at that time to learn Taros with him so they were, and he said that like when he would have a kasha in like uh, you know in, 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 in a rash in para 
he, he can go to Ravan and Lichtenstein and ask, like everyone else, they'd be like, oh, let's see, um, you know, uh, give me a minute, uh, you know, like, and you go to Ravan and Lichtenstein and his mom is there, like, it, it was unbelievable, he had never seen anything like it. So there aren't many, there aren't many people like that, that are mom is right there in the, uh, in the sugya. Um, then the, the Chuv Me'ava says, um, it could be that, that the, the chisarim is not that we don't have people of high enough stature as Tamil Chacham, maybe the chisarim is we don't have people of high enough midos to, to, to meet the, the category of Yureyev. And then he said, you know what, I never heard my Rebbeim say it. Never once did I hear any of my Rebbeim say this bracha, but lo re'inu e'nu raya. We just had in our show, we just discussed whether Ra'inu is Raya, right? Whether archaeological evidence is Raya. But is Lo Ra'inu is Ainu Raya? To say that I never saw it. Maybe you missed it. Maybe your Rebbe said it under his breath. Maybe he didn't want to embarrass the guy. Maybe whatever. You don't know. You don't know why you never heard your Rebbe say it. So he's not really sure. The Orach HaShulchan is the one that really comes out against it. The Orach HaShulchan writes, the Orach HaShulchan writes, um, the Kamashir Godlo Betora, O Bishari Chachos, Lonis Bayer. We don't know what the Shir is. Like, when do you reach that level? So we stay away from this Bracha. So you might say, well, wait a second, Rachaim Kenyaski. I mean, whatever level it is, there's no one higher in terms of just his knowledge of all of Kal Hatora Kula. You can't catch him on anything. His knowledge of Kal Hatora Kula. You, you saw that video a while ago where he was testing the little kid? Who knew the Mishnayis? The, the kid learned, uh, was it Shas Mishnayis, I think it was? He learned Shas Mishnayis. And they brought him to Rechaim for a Bechina, a little Hasidish kid. And like you expect him to say, you know, ask him some questions about the Mishnayis. You know, if the kid was really good, he might be able to, to remember what the Mishnayis say. No, Rechaim says, how many times does it say the word this <laughs> in, uh, in Seder's Ryan? And the kid's like, six. In Kalayim Peregimel like it was unbelievable, and Reb Chaim was able to tell whether he's like that kind of, you know, that kind of just incredible knowledge of all of it. So uh, that's the kind of you, t- you talk to Reb Chaim and learning. That's what it, that's that's the kind of knowledge we're talking about. It's a different, it's a different madrega. So what you're going to say that he doesn't meet the standard? The Orach is worried that he doesn't meet the standard. The Rav doesn't meet the standard. Okay. But does uh, every Rosh Yeshiva meet the standard? You know, how do I know the difference between my Rosh Yeshiva and Rav Chaim? How do I know the difference between, and where, where that, and maybe my, uh, my Shul Rabbi, you know. I, <laughs> I remember I was once in, uh, in DRS in the teacher's room, and uh, we were talking about some psak that Rav Yashiv had, and one of the teachers, one of the secular teachers, the from person, says, well, you know, I go to the young Israel of Woodmere, and Rabbi Bilit disagrees. And you know, I love Rabbi Bilit. Rabbi Bilit is a wonderful rabbi. He's a really wonderful rabbi. Rabbi Bilit disagrees with Rabbi Yashif. I mean, like, you know, it could be that Rabbi Bilit's Rebbe, Rabbi Salvechik, whatever. So, so, so one of the Rebbeim said, who's not from a YU type of background, certainly said, I don't think Rabbi Bilit gets to disagree with Rabbi Yashif. And he said, no, no, he's the president of the RCA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, it doesn't necessarily mean that he gets to disagree with, with Rav Yashiv. So where exactly do you draw the line? So people aren't always equipped to make that, uh, that judgment call of where to draw the line. So that's what the Aruch HaShulchan says, that we shouldn't say the bracha. The Kafachaim says another reason not to say the bracha is we don't know what the Nusach bracha is. Rambam and uh, Mi'iri and Gemara. We don't know what the Nusach Habracha is. That's a Shvera Taina. 
What do you mean? Just because there's a machlokas about the Nusach HaBracha and uh, we paskin, we paskin Shulchan about the Nusach HaBracha. That's not a suffix about the Nusach HaBracha. We know exactly what the Nusach HaBracha is. It's a difficult taina. Uh, the, as far as practically speaking, contemporary poskim, um, Rav Yosef in uh, Yechavadat uh, Paskin uh, clearly in Chedetal Tzimtazayin. He also has a truth about this in Yabia Omer. Says absolutely b'shemu malchus that you would say a bracha on a what? You made an archaim. Can I ask? Okay. So Vadya says uh, says yes. Rav Shechter also says yes b'shemu malchus that you would say the bracha. Um, we asked him when Rav Asher Weiss came into America if we should say the bracha on Rav Asher Weiss. He said yes. That you should say the bracha on Rav Asher. Um, the Aruch Hashulchan Aruch says, says no. Tzitz Eliezer also says no. Tzitz Eliezer says um, that uh, it, you know he puts in all these fakos. He says maybe you need to see more than once. How can you say the bracha on only one tamachach? Maybe we pass like that all the They need to see more. We don't pass like that all the It's hard to imagine that you know anyone's really. That was never the minhag. There are number stories abound about this in Halicha Shlomo. There's a footnote in Halicha Shlomo. Um, that uh, that discusses the, the the struggle of how should a chacham react when someone says the bracha on the, the chacham. So in the footnote of the Shlomo, he, he first says that Rav David Baran, when he saw the chazanish, he said a baruch shachacham shachalik mechachmasi l'reiv, and the chazanish smiled and didn't say anything. Okay, so the chazanish took it in stride, he smiled, he understood, he didn't say anything. Balgaivo uh, that he uh, that he accepted the bracha. It's okay for the chazanish to know that he's the chazanish, and that uh, you know, Chanuch told me this morning. He said when he's in America, he comes to my daviyom shir, so he always shmuzes me after the shir. So uh, he, t- he told me this morning that um, that 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 he was talking to Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky once, and Rav Yaakov, and and, and uh, I don't know if he asked him or he said something to Rav Yaakov about like what's it like that every time anyone introduces you or you see your name in the Jewish newspapers, it's a Rav, a Goyin, Rosh Hashiva. So he says, I'm, I'm Taka Goyin, you know, like it's, it's not so schwer, you know, like I'm, it's a responsibility to be a Goyin. It means I have to behave a certain way and I have to whatever, but you know, it's, it's not wrong, you know. Like, so, so Chazanesh, you know, took it in stride. And then he says, Shashama, he says that that Rosh Hashanah said Shashama shebirchul lufnei chacham echad es abracha baruch shachalg mechakmasid reiv that he heard one time they said this bracha in front of a certain person v'kulam anu amein everyone standing there answered amein v'chiyala al das shechshilu b'lufnei ver begayva is it a lufnei an isur lufnei ver to say the bracha because you're being machshil v'chacham and gayva that he's going to say yeah darn right. Rav Shlomo Zalman talking about this mysterious Chacham that this happened to once. says, I know without a doubt that this Chacham this happened to, he was upset. And he was thinking, these people are all wrong about me. And he was very, very bitter about this. And they write, It was obvious. There was someone almost talking about himself. He just didn't want to say that it was about himself. But how else would he know what was in the guy's heart, right? That's how, how, how do we know Gemara Megillah? How do we know Esther was Baruch Hakodesh, right? How would we know what Amar Haman Belibo? So you know, someone's almost in a Baruch Hakodesh. He only knows it was in his heart because it was his own heart. 
Upam Kshigira bin Lakinu Shal Mitzvah Vakamukalam Lakvodo. One time uh Zalman came into some sort of gathering and everyone got up. Nana Bishema Gonov Yosukhaim Zonfeld Zal Shaamar Baliya Muslim is Khaptum Od Kidas Malasas Vugonda Linotsalman Agaivus Khasfashalm. That Ryovs Chaim Zonfeld said, Bali Muslim were never sure what to do in this kind of situation. Everyone stands up. Avaludidi ain't can base mechus the gaiva club. Shomazalman said there's no reason for me to have gaiva. Because what? You think they're uh, honoring me because I'm anything special? I happen to hold the position of a Rosh Yeshiva, of a rabbi. So they know that my first name is rabbi. So they stand for me. You know, I know that it's not a big deal. It doesn't really mean anything about what I am. Uh, that he actually thought this way is like hard to... You know, he then goes on to say that Rosham Zalman, if he would be a little late coming into shul for Mariv, and he missed, bar, you know, so, so he, he, he's not there in time for Baruchu, so he hears the Baruchu from the hallway, he would daven all of Birch's Kriyashma and Kriyashma in the hallway, because he would not want to walk in while everyone's saying Birch's Kriyashma, and then everyone's going to have to stand up. He waited till the Kaddish before Shema Nesri to walk through. He davened there in the hallway, not in his Makum Kavua, the Birch's Kriyashma and Kriyashma, not to make people stand up. This is the kind of Jew Rosh Hashanah was. Now, Rav Shechter told us that at the end of every summer, when Rav Salvechik would come back to Yeshiva, they would say the bracha. He said, we would say the bracha on Rav Salvechik. All the boys would say the bracha on Rav Salvechik every year. So um, I, I have spoken to many Talmudim of Rav Salvechik over the years. This, Roshat was the only one that, that told me that they actually said a bracha on Rav Salvechik. In fact, I told Rav Meir Tversky, I was sitting next to Melchasna a couple of months ago, and I said, I told him that Rav Shatu said that, uh, that the boys said a bracha on Rav Salvechik. And... Uh, Rav Tversky said, he didn't know about it, did he? <laughs> I said, I, I don't know. He said, no. He said, he said he remembers that there was a guy, a balabas, who had a meeting with, with Rav Salvechik, Rav Tversky's grandfather. And Rav Salvechik walked into the room. The guy stood up, said, Baruch Atah, and Rav Salvechik started screaming, stop, stop, stop. And the guy continued and finished the bracha b'shem Malchus, and the Rav was angry at him for weeks. He was uh, he was not happy that the that the guy said said the bracha. Okay, but Rav Shachter apparently said it every year when he saw Rav Salvechik. Um, in Minchas Aluzer, Munkacher writes that they would say B'shem Malchus, and he says that the author of Meloha in, in the Sefer Meloha Omer it says that the Rav of Chevron at the time I don't know who it was when Maril Diskin came said it on Maril Diskin B'shem Malchus, and Meloha Omer it says and that's a chiddush because the Rav was blind. And he still said a Maral Diskin. It's also a Chiddush, no? Because what, what does the Gemara say? Haroa. <laughs> he was blind, but he, he felt that it wasn't a din in Roa, it was a din in, uh, um, in Orchos Rabbeinu. It says that the stipler instructed Reb Chaim to say it on the Briskarav. So if you're worried that if you say it when you see Reb Chaim, that he's going to say, no, you can't say it nowadays. Uh, no, Bismaneinu, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Fifty years ago, Reb Chaim would say it on the Briskarav at the instruction of, of, of his father. In the Sefer Zikaron Lemoshe, it says when the Chassam Sofer saw Rav Meshulam Igra, he came up with the following chap. Um, he, he, he learned the Gemara. He said, Tanur Abanan, Haroa Chacham, Mechachme Yisrael, Omer, and then he said, Bishem Malchus. And then he darshed the Gemara a little bit afterwards. 
So uh, it was Bederich Limud also, and that way he was uh, he was Yotze. That's how, even though the Gemara doesn't say it, B'Shev Malchus, but that's, he added in the Shev Malchus into the, uh, into the Gemara. Rav Vazen writes also, when the, when the Raghachavar came, they said it also on the Raghachavar. It does seem that it has to be a certain very high Madreva, Talmud Chacham, and, you know, not just, you know, Stam, Stam anybody. So uh, I, I thought my son was going to, uh, to see Rav Chaim Kanievsky. I thought Rav Chaim, like, you don't get higher Madreva in terms of, um, you know, Torah knowledge, in terms of just incredible Torah knowledge, I, I thought that it was uh, Dover Pasha that he should uh, that he should say the bracha B'Shem I don't know what he did, but I told him to say it. Yeah, so that's a question, but over here, Davka says Haroa. In general, yeah. If it's an experience, or not. but apparently that's what he that's what he passed. The key with this whole meeting with Rav Chaim is that my son brought him a sefer, uh, sefer Akona Alama, and he gave it to. Him. I said, you just got to get a picture of that, even for one second. If he throws it in the garbage a second later, <laughs> just get a picture of him holding the sefer, and he did. We got a picture of him holding the sefer, so I was able to say, you know, like the kupara ear, if uh, you know, if you want segula for Arichas Yam Mishanim, read the sefer forty times, like Rav uh, Chaim. No, for sure. It has to be in front of the person. Did they hear you say the bracha, or, or you see them? So now I yeah, I don't think they have to hear you say the bracha. Yeah. Why should they have to hear you say the bracha? It might, it might make them uncomfortable. There's, I think, a marsham somewhere. I couldn't find it tonight. I just didn't have time. I think there's a marsham somewhere that said that there was someone that insisted that people say the bracha. Like, I forgot which god it was. But like, you know, said, of course, yeah, God, he not said the bracha. Like, I mean, if our salvation was getting upset at the other person, our chapter clearly wasn't saying loud enough that he got upset at him. Right, right, right. The stomach of Shachta didn't say it, didn't say it out loud. But it's also interesting that Rav Shachta just assumed that all the boys said it. Like, how could you not? You know, we haven't seen him in thirty days, so of course he must say, how could you not say it? I'm salvaging. How about the second shayla? How about the second shayla? So we don't have time to really go into it. There, there's a sugi in Ksubis and Afsam that tells five stories of uh, tzedakah that seemed unnecessary, where the person didn't seem to really need it because the person spent spent money extravagantly. And there's no consistent mahalich in the Gemara. Some of the Amorim said, yeah, give anyway. Some resented the giving. Some said, okay, uh, thank God for the Ramayim, because uh, without them we'd have no excuse. Like, it, there's, no, there's no clear mahalich. But uh, the, 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 uh, the Shita Mugbetzas explains that it all depends whether he was Na'ashir Shi'ar and Minachasav or not. That if he was Na'ashir Shi'ar and Minachasav, so you said before, the Gemara said there's a, a, a din, Demach Sarashayach, so the Torah says, that you have to give him whatever he's lacking. So if he's used to a certain standard of living, uh, you, there's a, not that you have to give him, um, if you, if you, that's not the top priority in Sadaka to make sure this guy has a sus, Lauritz Lofanov, before the other guy has food on his table. But it's still included in the mitzvah of tzedakah to give him to that point, even to assess Lawrence Lefanov or to give him, you know, high-end food and things like that. Uh, so if he was, you know, he was previously he has that kind of a background, so then, then, then certainly it would be fine, and it would be a proper use of tzedakah money. Uh, if not, that's the other. That's the other. Um, that's the other. The, the other side of it. That's the other stories in the Gemara where they weren't so happy about it. However, uh, Rav Zilberstein just points out, y- you should, that's when you're giving your own tzedakah money. If you're collecting, if you're doing a collection, you have to be careful. Not, you know, people want to know where their money is going. They, pe- they want it to go to something that they would want their money to go to. So a person, you know, if a person finds out that his tzedakah money went to buy 
you know, uh, you go boss suit for, uh, you know, for this ani. Uh, they may be put off by that. You know, I wouldn't buy such a suit. I have to give tzedakah money so that this guy could buy such a suit. So when coming to collect from other people, when Rabbanim certainly, to take collections, you know, sometimes Shul Rabbanim have this, we have this thing called a a charity account or a discretionary fund or whatever that they sometimes collect for people in, in, in need. So, you know, we'll collect to help pay someone's tuition, to help, uh, you know, quietly we, uh, from, from, from people in the community. Then the person that they collect from, they see that the kids got the latest iPad, and, the, you know, so it's, uh, it makes people uh, uneasy, certainly. Even if they grew up B'nai uh, Tovim or whatever, and they grew up on, on, on that, that Madrega. Rav Zilberstein says, but you also have to be very careful before you judge. You can't always judge what someone's doing with their, with their money. Sometimes, like I just read an article... I didn't read the whole article. I read like the first paragraph. But the, the first paragraph of the article said it was a guy who grew up in an Orthodox community, but he grew up poor. And he says he was never really, there's only one time that he was embarrassed about being poor. It was right before his bar mitzvah. A rich kid in his class made fun of him that he's not going to get a nice suit for his bar mitzvah. And he said, I got a Yugo boss suit for my bar mitzvah because I went to the local gamach and the lady said, okay, sized me up. So whatever the, 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 whatever people left in the box, you know? So there was a Yugo boss suit. So that's what he got for his, uh, for his bar mitzvah. It was, that's why I thought of that name, because that's what he said in that article. So that's what he got for his, for his bar mitzvah. So you, you're going to judge him. Oh, why is that B'nai Ani wearing a Yugo boss suit? Because that's what they have in the Gemach. Because uh, he goes to the Gemach in, in the five towns. So that's what they have in the Gemach in the five towns. So what, do you, what do you want him to do? So that's what, that's what, so Rav Zilberstein says that when he lived in Switzerland, I think when his wife was sick, when his first wife was sick, she was getting treatment in Switzerland. I think that was the last time he left Eretz Shal. He doesn't leave Eretz Shal anymore. That's why they had such a difficult time in this kolel to find, you know, the adopt a kolel thing. So they couldn't find someone to adopt from Zilberstein's kolel. You'd imagine, oh my gosh, how could they never... They have every dinky kolel. They got an adopt a kolel. They couldn't find an American community that wants to take care of Zilberstein's kolel. No, because part of the adopt a kolel program is Rosh Kolel comes to America and speaks to the community and, you know, develops a kesher with the shul. Zilberstein wasn't offering that. He wasn't, uh, wasn't going to leave Eretz Yisrael. So uh, I think ultimately they took care of him. But not him of his kolo to make sure that it could happen covered and he doesn't have to spend all of his days and nights raising money for the kolo, which he used to do. So, uh, so he says when he was in Switzerland, I'm getting off track here. When he was in Switzerland, he was uh, passing by, his, 50 years ago, he was passing by a store and he saw like a, 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 a chashvedayan buying a very expensive train set in the store, and he didn't want to embarrass the guy, so he like, you know, he, he sort of like crossed the street to, so, you know, so the guy wouldn't see that he saw him, and the guy noticed from Zilberstein, came running over to him, he said, you're probably wondering why I bought this expensive antique train set, he said, I'll, I'll tell you why, he said, because uh, um, it's like an electric, or not antique, an electric train set, he said, I'm going to visit my grandson today, and I have to learn the sugi of Yerushalomidas with my grandson, my grandson won't learn the sugi of Yeshlomidas with total focus unless I give him this gift. So this is my I spent all this money to be Mekayim the mitzvah Vishinantam Levanecha. So uh, so that's what it was a key of mitzvah. He says, you can't always judge people's intentions. I don't know what he otherwise would have thought. That the Dayan's gonna sit there playing with them. <laughs> like the I don't know, but uh, but the, so you can't always judge why people have things. But uh, in general, um, certainly, if someone is in a position where they have to take, it's something to be sensitive about, to be very careful about uh, about how they use their money. I would even say, if a person applies for tuition assistance, a person should be careful how they use their money. They shouldn't be going out to fancy restaurants all the time and doing this. 
you're, ta- you're using communal funds, you know, to, to pay your kids' tuition. You uh, should be careful about how we, how we live. In general, we should try to live more simply, but, uh, but Dafka, especially someone who's taking money from other people.